and we are live hello hello welcome everybody welcome to another episode of quick brews i'm katie i'm vicky and we have also got head of sound freddie with us today so if you hear any squeaks and squawks and other indistinguishable noises then uh, that's freddie chipping in with uh, his advice and thoughts on the episode and you've also got cherry with you today haven't you yep sound engineer and head of security is with us as well oh right yeah, on cue obviously nice. the, postman's, the postman's trying to break in or something yeah she's she's vigilant she's vigilant and a, a strong member of the uh, strong tea team indeed it's good. i mean it's what you want from a head of security isn't it vigilant yeah, it'd be nice if the post was intact, but <laughs> yeah, that that's fine. I, th- I think the uh, postman is now down to three fingers on one hand as well. So oh. you know, it's a nice souvenir. Yeah, sorry, Daz. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, quick brews. Um, anyway. If you haven't enjoyed this before, quick brews is the little sister of our main podcast, which is Strong Tea. Now, Strong Tea is designed um, to be the podcast that talks about the things that people don't want to talk about. It's things that are taboo, things that people stick their head in the sand over, and things that we all should really know more about. And today is no exception. So I'm going to hand over to Vicky to tell you a little bit more about today's episode. I will do. But first, I would like to say a massive thank you to all our listeners. We hit 2,000 downloads during the week. We are now more than 2,000 and more than overwhelmed by it, really. It's just been a bit nuts. Absolutely. It's amazing, though, isn't it? Because this is from something that we started just out of a love for just chatting and all of a sudden yeah. people are like oh my god I listen to your show and it's amazing and you're like whoa yeah it's I not. just still think of it us two sitting in little broom cupboards chatting <laughs> yeah which technically we still are it's yeah. just yeah it's just more people are listening people yeah <laughs> that's lovely but thank you everyone who um has downloaded who's listened who's contacted us um it's just been brilliant and because of that we have a whole load of fascinating just incredible um speakers and guests coming up on our episodes we cannot wait to share some with you we've got projects in the works we've got um series we obviously finished our death series a couple of weeks ago but we've got new series coming up we are so excited for the future of of strong tea but quick brews which is obviously just me and katie we've got some interesting topics coming up as well so keep listening folks and keep downloading but today, today's topic, which I think is the one that I'm actually squeamish about. Really? We found, yes, we have found my taboo. Wow. Yes. Um, interesting. It's, it's periods, people. Chapters. It's periods. It's periods. <laughs> you yeah. look like well, you're even having problems saying it. I, I really am. Um, because I'm aware that my dad sometimes listens to these. So there's kind of like a line being, it, it just feels weird. And a bit icky and a bit gross, but we'll go with this and see how we feel. Fair enough. Um, so what is a period? I oh, hear no. you ask. No, I don't I don't want to talk about periods yet. I want to oh. I want to know what you're drinking. Oh yeah, I forgot to do the drinking thing. Oh, it's the biggest tradition <laughs> of our show. Vicky's like, scrap that. We need to get down and dirty straight away. Because I want it over and done with. Yeah. <laughs> He's rushing through everything. Yeah. So what are you um, drinking? What are you drinking? No, what are you drinking? Oh, don't. Um, it's chamomile. I am drinking straight up chamomile, but I'm thinking I should have put a shot of gin in it or something. Um, but yeah, straight up chamomile. What are you gin, drinking? Gin and chamomile tea. It sounds yeah. Well, I purchased some new teas because 
I kind of felt like you were showing me up a bit. And I was also a bit upset that like people keep buying you tea. And I was like, oh. you know what? I'm just going to go out and buy my, I'm just going to stop waiting for someone to buy me tea. We'll oh, dude. No, I feel guilty that no, I didn't buy you tea. No. Oh, I bought my own now, so it's fine. Oh. So guess what I've got? What you got? Got a bird and blend, oh. rhubarb and custard. <gasps> it is a game oh. changer, I must admit. It's Does it very... taste like sweet tea? Yeah, it's very, mm. very nice. And not, um, <laughs> not, I know, Freddie, I know. Um, not, <laughs> not overly brewed, so not oh, okay. like too strong. Because mm-hmm. I had their um I had their butterbeer one the other day. Oh yeah. Clearly Freddie doesn't uh approve of the tea situation because he's getting quite irate about it. But <laughs> I had their butterbeer one the other day, which was very nice, but I overly stewed it. Ah, uh, right, okay. So it wasn't quite so nice. So I brewed this for the time that it said then whip the tea bag out, which I never do. Mm-hmm. It's very, very nice. It smells nice and it tastes nice. That is a game changer. So it's a yes from me. Oh, very good. Oh, well, I will have to go to Bird and Blend then. You will. You will. Don't wait for anyone to send you some. <laughs> <laughs> no shade. You know what I was doing. Tea. <laughs> no shade. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Let's get back on to me being squeamish again. Let's talk about periods. <laughs> so, what is a period? I hear you ask. So, <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you hear me ask that? No, but I'm going to tell you. (laughs) So there's a couple of things. here. So the menstrual cycle. So the menstrual cycle is the monthly hormonal cycle that the body goes through to prepare for pregnancy. So your menstrual cycle is counted from the first day of your period up to the first day of your next period. So your hormone levels. So that's your estrogen and progesterone. Oh, my goodness. Progesterone. Progesterone. I think we should both be having gin today. Yeah. Um, So they usually change throughout the menstrual cycle and they can cause menstrual symptoms. Now, during the monthly menstrual cycle, the uterus lining builds up to prepare for pregnancy. And if you don't get pregnant, your hormone levels begin falling. So very low levels of those hormones tell your body to begin menstruation. So menstruation, that's the monthly bleed, bleeding, and that's called your period. And when you're on your period, your body discards the monthly buildup of the lining of your uterus or your womb. Um, the menstrual blood and tissue flow from your uterus. They go through your cervix and then they pass out through your vagina. Ah, the vagina. The vagina. Yeah, through your vagina. Um, A typical menstrual cycle is 28 days, uh, but each person is completely different. Um, And also a person's menstrual cycle length might be different from month to month. So basically, none of us are the same. However, there is a funky fact later on about that. Um, Funky fact. So a funky fact. Um, But some women's periods are so regular that some people can predict um, the day and time that they're going to start, which to me is incredible. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, crazy. Um, so that's what a period is in a nutshell. Um, and there are symptoms, menstrual symptoms that go with that, including uh, throbbing or cramping, which can be debilitating. Mm-hmm. And one thing I would like to shout out now is uh, that's in the news, there's been a couple of sports people that have come forward to actually talk about um, the debilitating effects of having 
periods and period cramps and those menstrual symptoms whilst playing sport whilst running and things like that so it's becoming more to the forefront about just how how much of an effect having being on your period and having menstrual symptoms actually is on day-to-day life yeah because they keep doing they do adverts don't they of like people Mm -hmm. playing sports for (laughs) sanitary products and you're just thinking okay I don't even want to get off the sofa when I'm Mm -hmm. on my period so you know that's that's like showing people playing tennis no just show someone laying on the couch watching Desperate Housewives yeah (laughs) it's true it's true because I play um I play netball and when I'm running around and I'm on my period, I honestly, I just feel so great. And it feels like my vagina is going to fall out because it's just everything's so heavy and throbby and painful. And it's just kind of, yeah. So imagine if you're a professional athlete and you've got that going on in the Olympics. Do do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah, not great. Um, But other symptoms include aching, pain in the lower back and your thighs, um, breakouts so you can get acne breakouts which is really common um and there's a whole host of other things that are kind of hormonal driven that can happen as part of the symptoms yeah the dreaded pms oh yes oh we'll come on to that shortly because yeah. that fatigue that bloating sore boobs oh i mean really it's it's just it's it's just shocking isn't it it's not really talked about no. and it is it is the reason obviously it's on the show is because we talk about taboo topics mm-hmm. and you still speak to a lot of like a lot of women don't talk about it very mm-hmm. openly like even amongst friends and certainly men you know as if you say to a lot of men not all men but if you say to a lot of men like oh mama period or whatever and it's like Ugh, you know mm. and it's you know it's almost that sort of shameful thing Mm. that's attached to such a natural process isn't it it is I remember at school there was that I remember it so vividly where girls were taken to one side Mm. and then the boys were taken to another classroom to do something and we were told about and it was so quick and it was just you know you're gonna have a monthly bleed you know, if you do come and talk to us if you need to, but here, you know, this is a sanitary towel. This is a, ta- you know, it was all very kind, not even a demonstration, just talking to us. And I remember coming back into the classroom and the boys were like, oh, you guys had the talk then. And it was just like, hang on a minute. You just took the girls out just to talk to them and left the boys in like, and, and not educated them on menstrual cycles or periods or what women and people go through when they're on a period. It was yeah. just i know and i don't know if they've changed that now but it was it was very much the same in my school and it was almost like you were sort of taken taken off to one side for this this talk that you know the boys couldn't be a part of because it wasn't happening to them and i just think you know it's it's such a natural thing why aren't we teaching boys about it because you know chances are and obviously this doesn't apply to everyone, but if you are, I mean, even if you are a gay man, you may still have a sister or female friends or other, who are going to go through this. So yeah. even if you don't have a partner yeah. who's female, who's or someone who is menstruating, you know, the chances are you are going to have someone close in your life that will be. And so therefore, mm. why don't you need to learn about it? And it's biology, people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I did find that in our school, 
it was it was almost treated like a dirty little not a dirty little secret but you know it was this sort of thing that it wasn't it wasn't discussed openly mm. and you know what what was your what was your personal experience like when you started your periods how old were you oh god that's a really good question uh crikey I think it was about 13 mm. yeah I must have been about 13 and it was just yeah I, my mum just kind of gave me a sanitary towel and that was it it was just it was almost like just get on with it kid <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah we, there was just no big song and dance very little education about it yeah um very little education and yeah. yeah and I just always remember I remember going around a friend's house when I was about 11 or 12 and she had all these colorful packages I was like oh what are these and she's like oh you know the the panty liners sanitary and I was like I can't wait to have a period to have these colourful little things but how stupid is that it's just that lack of education that lack of awareness of you know what these colourful little things were yeah I know it's weird isn't it and that they with all the colours you think oh that's exciting and then you get it and you're like no (laughs) it's not yeah (laughs) what about you what was your experience um well I was about I think I was about 11 or 12 at the time I think we hadn't had the chat at school um at that point and I hadn't had that chat with my mum um so I came home from school one day and was like shut myself in the bathroom and I was crying because I didn't I didn't know what was happening and uh, I remember my mum like talking to me through the door and she was like oh that'll be your period I was like, but I don't want to get my period. And she was like, well, I'm afraid you can't help it. <laughs> like you say, it was very much like, get on with it. Yeah. But like you say about the lack of education, when we were in school, I don't know if yours was the same, but it was very much just like, you know, this is what happens. These are the sanitary products that you can have. And they gave you some like, mm. you got like some like samples. And um that was it and it took me until when was it I think it was around about the time that I was trying to get pregnant with Poppy Hmm. that it took me to realize that we have these phases in our in our cycles in our menstrual cycles and that the phases you know it's you know you talk you talk in school about sex education and periods and only being able Mm. you know oh god you know you can get pregnant at any point and really you can't it's actually Mm. a finite window in your menstrual cycle yeah you're actually able to get pregnant and Mm. you just think oh hold on a minute I wasn't told any of this um and it's just kind of it feels like the education system are falling short and if they Mm educated girls more on this Mm. this whole cycle rather than just the bleeding aspect you Mm. know there are sorry freddie just blew a raspberry on me then sorry (laughs) about that (laughs) if you could hear it um and you know if we're teaching girls about the whole cycle and allowing them to understand i know freddie i know allowing them to understand everything about it then there are times at the cycle that you're supposed to be able to eat food to help your cycle and exercise in a way that helps your cycle and if I'd have known that earlier Mm. Christ almighty wouldn't my life be different (laughs) yeah yeah and it's it's having that awareness about all the things that surround having um a period and on your menstrual cycle as well because you're gonna 
it's different for everyone as well because I know a week before I come on my period I'm really emotional um that's the PMS type thing and it's a week before that my body starts to do the strange things that it does you know I start to blow I start to kind of my skin goes really dull um I feel sick I just all of those kind of things that happen a week before and I'm I I can't dictate the day and the time exactly so it always every month it comes as a surprise to me I don't know why just every month it comes as a surprise why I'm feeling so down and so low but again at school we weren't told just how low you could get with PMS and yeah with all those hormonal changes just how like I said it before just how debilitating it can be for some people yeah Um, absolutely and it's also like and I know they can't teach about every um every sort of uh you know type of um syndrome that people might get but I have polycystic ovaries and I until I got diagnosed with it I'd never heard of it Mm. and my periods were anywhere between a 21 day cycle and a 54 day cycle and I'd been on I'd been on the pill for years and it essentially masked the PCOS Mm. when I came off them you know for a year pretty much maybe not a year maybe about eight months Doctors just said to me, oh, that's your body getting back to normal after being on the pill. And no one actually looked at my other symptoms that I have. And we've obviously got um, an episode coming up, which talks all about PCOS with a guest. Um, And it's really interesting to talk about that process. But one of the major things was periods, not getting periods Mm. at all, because you don't ovulate. And Mm. no one had ever said, oh, well, if you're not getting a period you need to flag it up or if you're not getting a period actually it could be this or it could be this you're just told at the age of 11 12 13 or whatever right you go into a room this is what a tampax is this is what's going to happen this is how you put it in job done Mm. and that was it for me and so I felt woefully in in prepared unprepared for my entire life when it came to that side of things really I think yeah no totally and if we're kind of not really aware of what's going on and we were the ones that were supposed to be at the forefront of this education then it's not a surprise that you know the stereotypes and connotations that are attached with menstruation and being on your period are so yeah. overly kind of used you know oh she's on PMS you know yeah <laughs> you know, <it's>, yeah <laughs> but but that is that does that wind you up because I find that really really gets to me that whole oh yeah PMT or time of the month is it time of the month yeah yeah and that comment because men don't men don't get it they do and this is you know this is uh, men in a generalized term this is not anyone specific but it men just don't seem to understand what a period brings with mm. it each month and it's not just the physical side of it it's the hormonal sides it's the mental sides and it's hard work every single month yeah and those comments mm. are pretty dickish I think but again that comes down to that lack of education that lack of learning that lack of what's really going on inside that person's body when they're menstruating or you yeah. know having a period and I mean it, it's only later in life that I found out and I'm still kind of really in awe of our bodies for, for what we go through and what we do on a monthly basis when you when you get into it it is amazing isn't it like what why why we have periods Mm. and 
you know how it all works and how the body's like setting you up to Mm. have a baby you know and I I find I'm fascinated I I'm still Mm. amazed how my body has grown to tiny humans I think it's incredible Mm. so what were your nicknames for it well, I'm pretty boring because I only ever call it time of the month. But I, okay. I did do some research, which I know you did as well, about what people call it. So mine's very boring, time of the month. What's yours? Um, Yeah, mine, yeah mine's boring, but I, I've, I've adopted the ones that I've seen because I just think they're brilliant. So the one that I really don't like is on the blob. That's gross, isn't it's it? It's grim. I don't like that. Yeah. On the blob. Yeah, there was arm on, flow. On the, on the rag as well. On the it? rag. Yeah. 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 yeah gross. Yeah. Uh the painters are in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Painters are in. Code red. Yeah. Surfing the crimson wave. Yes. Lining the drawers. Oh, I have that. Yeah. And then there's a beautiful one. It's German. My I didn't do German, so if my pronunciation's off or the word is completely wrong, I do apologize. <laughs> it's Erdbeok which stands for Strawberry Week. Oh, that's quite nice. I know. Takes me back to that strawberry diet that we talked about during oh, yeah. uh, extreme diets. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's quite nice. Some of the ones yeah. I found, Auntie Flo. Yep, yep. So, um, Crimson Tide, you said Little Red Riding Hood, which I've oh! never, I've never heard of. <laughs> oh, you think that's bad? You wait. Any uh, Game of Thrones fans? Red Wedding. Oh, and the final one, which has become a favourite, which I think is horrendous, Shark Week. Oh, that's gross! <laughs> oh my god! Um, I don't know who uses these terms. <laughs> I don't know who made them up. <laughs> yeah, this is true. It's probably a man, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we were thinking it. <laughs> so, why do you think? Why do you think there is such a taboo, such a stigma? around them because I didn't realize that period stigma was actually a thing Mm. um and it's there is an origin of it and it says so there's a term in the old testament that means one who is excluded or expelled and is used to describe women who are menstruating in some jewish religions men are forbidden to have sexual relations to relations with their wife during mm-hmm. their menzies or until the wife immerses herself in water for purification now i didn't i didn't realize any of this other religions have historically had rules discriminating against menstruating people too with the quran stating that menstruation is harm and should be kept away from yeah the term on the rag came about in the 1800s and it referred to cloths or other absorbent fabric which was pinned to the underwear to capture menstrual blood this phrase is just one example of cultural taboo against talking frankly about menstruation in modern times the tradition is long-standing so i mean it talks there about some of the historical connotations to Mm. it but where do you think it's come from i think it's the fact that again with my kind of gender equality hat on i think because women have how do i say this without being extreme because we were oppressed previously in that we were definitely the kind of fairer of the you know, we were the fairer sex and we were kind of put at a disadvantage for so long mm. and whatever was happening to our bodies was kind of just not of interest that's like that that's kind of your your problem and i think over time because we're trying to 
say, you know, these are the kind of things that actually affect our lives. There's that legacy of well, we're not interested. You know, that's icky. That's your bodies. That's kind of and which is bizarre because women's bodies are always up for discussion. How we look, how we dress, you know, what we sound like, what we look like. Double standards, really. It's a double standard. But when it comes to body functions, particularly for women who have been put in that box, um, it's just permeated over time. Um, And even now, it's only, I think it was, is it always? Basically, and it's only when someone mentioned it to me that it clicked with me that, you know, in adverts that are advertising um, sanitary towels and sanitary products, that the liquid that they use to demonstrate is blue. It's never red. Yes, it is. Now, always, I think, have changed that. If it's not always, sorry, I've I've wrongly branded something. But in an advert recently... Other sanitary products are in it. There are other sanitary products. But there there was a sanitary product that advertised red instead of the blue liquid on the adverts. And it was quite refreshing because it's kind of, wow. Because for something that's... Because blue is very sanitary, isn't it? Blue is clean, whereas red is kind of alarm, unclean. And so adverts, it's almost like it's been tailored to be more tasteful because having a period isn't tasteful. But do you think as well it's done it, like you you said at the start about how you feel about it and how, like, your dad might listen to this. Mm. And do you think they've done it with blue so they don't make people feel uncomfortable? God forbid we make someone feel uncomfortable about a woman's body. I know, but that's that's obviously... Because, you know, the connotations behind it mm-hmm. and the blood and the bleeding and and the mis, um, uh, miseducation, really, about about what it is and what it means, you know, it's, it is very taboo. And so making people feel uncomfortable by using the red, I, I, I still haven't seen that. So that would be mm-hmm. quite interesting to see and to know who that is, because that is, that's refreshing to just, yeah. for, for a brand to say, do you know what? this is life and this is Mm. we're going to represent it it's a game changer and I think you know just by making something look or you know the theory but it's unclean you know to to have a period and the period blood itself is unclean is quite it's horrible it's it's putting us back into that oppressed stage of you know we'll only help you so much but we're not going to reveal the the ugly side yeah there's no ugly side you've made it ugly no, that's that's the thing, and they they're making it worse by hiding it away. Mm. It's the it's that element of it. I think mm. Freddie has some. He's got some uh, comments. You've got some views. Yeah, yeah got has, some yeah. views. Um, <laughs> but it's the hiding away and mm. the um, probably what do you call it when um, uh, like brands sort of make it tailored for sort of the wider masses without. It's, it's not whitewashing because that's a totally different thing. But you know what I mean mm. in that sense? Yeah. They've taken away all the stigma attached to it. Yeah. But they, they're not telling the full story. I yeah. Think that's that's what I'm trying to get at. And it's, it's almost like periods exist, people, but we'll only show you the, 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 the nicer bits or, you know, just, just wash over it a little bit. Yeah. We don't want to make men feel awkward in the rooms but, with their yeah. wives and daughters. So we'll just, yeah. you know, we'll, we're going to put blue liquid out there. And I think that's that obviously if that's changing that's great but that is one mm. thing that really needs to that really needs to change because and yeah I think it starts at school level personally mm. for me like I would 
I'd say I'd love it. But for, if Freddie started school and he was told, you know, about periods with girls, mm. you know, that's that's important as well. But I was having a conversation with someone who was sending their um he's very animated about this topic. <laughs> um I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was sending her daughter to secondary school and her daughter so secondary school that's like 11 isn't it um and she'd never spoken to her daughter about periods or virginity or sex or anything like that because she said I don't want her to grow up right she's going to grow up regardless and you're kind of sending a child into an environment where if they Mm. don't know about those sorts of things it kind of leaves them open to bullying and things um, but then you've got the other flip side of things where I was talking to another friend who said, I think it's wrong to teach primary school children about periods because they're too young. And I was like, yeah, but the age of menstruating and menstruation is becoming so much younger it's now. Younger. So, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to be told. And why should, and again, it's biology. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't you learn about menstruation at primary school? It's biology. It's not yeah. taboo. It's not something to be hidden. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that the body does. And has done. We have evolved yeah. years yeah. and years. And this is the one thing that, you know, yeah. I was saying like 100 years, people won't be born with appendixes because they're not yeah. or appendices because they're not needed. But periods remain because they are functional. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I just don't understand why there's it's not. Like, it's come out of women's bits. It's come out of a vagina, therefore it's, you know. <gasps> oh, you said vagina. I said vagina. Yes, you did. It was very, very pronunciated as well. I'm getting into the vagina now, Katie. Well, not um, literally, I hope. <laughs> there's also <laughs> a lot of stigma and misinformation around uh, sanitary supplies. And apparently there's a notion, I've never heard this, but a tampon, using a tampon will take someone's virginity. Now, mm. like... If you're not if you're not told about that, especially especially if boys, you know, hear a rumor and they're you know, it's yeah. not something they'll talk about. So if everyone was taught in the same classroom at the same time, you know, and whatever those children identify as, or whatever they, whatever they go on to identify as, whoever they go to have relationships with, they will all be informed about yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Oh, this is making me angry. <laughs> I just wanted to, I know, see, before when I said it was strong to call us oppressed, but now I don't think it's as strong, especially (laughs) when I tell you the history in a minute. But um, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a video going around on social media and it's this guy, it's a girl who's really needing a wee and she's laughing so much that she's nearly wetting herself. And this teenager turns to her and said, what was it? It was something like, um, oh, it's gone. Oh my God, my brain, it's gone. <laughs> well, save it up and bring it back later. It was something like um, my Tampax is falling out or something like that. And he basically got confused and said, well, it's the same hole. Like, oh. no, it's it's not. And he was a teenager. Oh. And he said, but it's the same hole. I, do you know, I, I haven't seen that, but I've seen something about it, which talks. And it was, it was a... Um, it was this uh, thing that they did in London where this presenter took round this um, picture of female genitalia, almost like a bird's eye yes. view, and was asking men where certain things were. But also they were asking women 
certain things as well. And the shocking thing was that a lot of the women as well didn't know a lot about their own anatomy. You know, vaginas mm-hmm. and vulvas and cervixes and, you know, what things are called and where things go mm. and where things come out of. And the the lack of knowledge. And obviously they put this video together. And so it was pretty much down to a lot of the silly answers rather yeah. than they, they could have asked 100 people and like 90 of those said, oh, the right things. But it was yeah. the ones that didn't. And you think, you know, this is men and women. And yeah. what's more shocking than the men not knowing is the fact that the women don't women know their don't own know. bodies. And the fact yeah. that I had to get to the age of 36 before I knew that there were different stages in a cycle. It's just, and and, and also, I'm on, I'm no, a go, box. Go. I am on a soapbox now. Preach it, sister. When I, because of the way that I found out I was on my period, when I first got it, and the way that no one talked about it, I never talked about it. And I certainly didn't want to read about it. So mm. when I got like, you know, do you remember um like the old magazines like Bliss? Oh Bliss and Sugar. Yeah, just 17. Just 17 yeah. and sugar and stuff like that. When it came to anything about periods, which they did, you know, to be fair to them, every so often, they did put in, but I was like, oh, mm. I don't want to read about that. And I kind of skim over it because it mm. felt it felt dirty when mm. I was younger. It doesn't now, because I'm like, do you know what? that's a thing and you know it happens and all power to the it's not for me but the celebrities Mm -hmm. that are out there on social media who show pictures of themselves and they're wearing knickers and they're free flow free flow yeah 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 and you know it looks like it's a waste of a perfectly good pair of knickers to me but you know you crack on and you know do what works for you and there are the people that promote the um eco-friendly sanitary wear yeah yeah and the people that are campaigning to get like reduce uh, period stigma, I think that what they are doing is wonderful, and that's mm-hmm. why I think doing a podcast like this is so important. Because yeah. I hope men listen to this, but I also hope women listen to this and maybe tell their daughters to listen to this mm-hmm. and to understand that you know it's not anything to be ashamed of. In fact, it's your body doing exactly what it should be doing and your body is functioning as it should be. And if you understand more about your body, you can actually make it work to your advantage so -hmm. that you don't feel quite so crap every however many days. I'm going to stop talking now. You crack on. And don't feel shamed. Like you're saying, it's taken me 41 years to kind of carry, you know, Tampax and pads through a shop without being embarrassed or without putting it to the bottom of the basket or kind of, you know, going to self-checkout because I don't want someone looking and knowing that I'm on my period. Especially especially men. Men check out assistants. Yeah. Like that. Oh, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What the hell is wrong with that? It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. But what I would love to do is tell you a bit about the history of periods, if that's okay. Well, that's absolutely fine. Please do crack okay. on. I also have some, but I'm going to let you go first because I want to hear what oh. you've uh, what you've discovered because I know you like your history and facts. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. So it's important to note that up until recent history, the only people who had the education, the power and influence to be writing and recording history uh, were men. Now, I do want to caveat that this episode isn't a male bashing <laughs> Men no, bashing episode. I this is just how it's working out. I don't think we've bashed any men. I, I don't just, think so. I think it's not down to men that they're miseducated because they haven't been exposed to it. So it's not their fault, really, is it? Exactly. 
And because most men don't experience menstruation, we've actually got very little recorded knowledge about it. (laughs) So, right. So that's kind of case in point right there, which is why it's not male bashing. This is this is fact. There's very little written about it because men had the power and the influence to write history. But Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder was convinced that periods were some kind of magical sorcery. He wrote that people on their periods could kill entire fields of crops, uh, cause bees to leave their hives and control weather. So <laughs> it was a magical thing, but really evil. Well, magical and evil, right? Fair right. enough. <laughs> um, in Mayan mythology, menstruation was believed to have originated as a punishment after the moon goddess who represented women's sexuality and fertility disobeyed the rules of alliance when she slept with the sun god. So her menstrual blood was believed to have been stored in 13 jars where it was magically transformed into snakes, insects, poison, and even diseases. Um, And interestingly, in some cases, the ancient Mayans believed that the blood um, could turn into medicinal plants as well. Okay. So that's a, that's a bit better than, than old Pliny. Um, but period blood has, has kind of held plenty of different meanings in ancient cultures. Um, and it was used as a charm of sorts um, on a belief that it had powerful abilities to purify, protect or cast spells in Mayan, um, Mayan mythology. But in ancient Greece, uh, sorry, ancient Egypt, um, there was a hint that vaginal bleeding was used as an ingredient in certain medicines. And in biblical times, ancient Hebrews upheld laws um, in which menstruating women went into seclusion and had to be separated from the rest of society um, for seven clean days. So that goes back to your biblical reference as well. Is that like the red tent? Yes. Yes, that's it. Yes. Yeah. So the, oh, okay. the episode with spiritual healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But in medieval times, there was a huge amount of religious shame, um, which caused people to go to great lengths to hide their periods. Um, And they even believed that the cramps were a divine punishment for Eve's, as in Adam and Eve's original sin. Um, And since the cramps were seen as punishment, people who were menstruating weren't offered pain relief um, or any medicines. So in an effort to ease some sort of pain, people believed that burning a toad and wearing the ashes in a pouch around your waist would cure the cramps. <laughs> Powdered toad. Powdered toad would cure cramps. Yeah. But then you in know, Victorian times, we started to wake up a little bit. And that was when we saw the first invention of the menstrual products. Um, so in the 1890s um, and even to the 1980s, people were using sanitary belts, which were basically reusable pads, but they were attached to a, to a belt like around their waist. Um, but it hit the market in 1888. Um, so yeah, that's that's about it. I can, and I can tell you all about the first tampons as well. They came on the scene in 1930s. But, um, and, yeah. I know I've got a question about your period belt. How does that yeah. work? So it's like, um, I guess you, if, the best way to describe it is a little picture. It's like a suspenders. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. You tie it around your waist and then you attach the pad and it goes between between your legs through the crotch but it's attached to your waist um and actually world war one nurses used the bandages to replace their reusable pads okay yeah (laughs) i i read um about 
when you were talking about ancient Egypt and about how the blood was used in remedies. Mm. But I was reading something that talked about in ancient Egypt that the blood was often used and smeared on the body okay. to, to to cure ailments. Um, yeah, but not massively clean, you can imagine. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have um, a newfound respect for the female body. I think after after mm. birthing two children, but understanding the things that it produces, and mm. one of the things for me that has been breast milk. Yeah. Because the healing remedies of breast milk are just incredible. So really, why shouldn't menstrual blood be healing? Because breast yeah, milk is. Yeah. I'm not I'm thinking. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not suggesting, yeah, if you scrape yourself, just, yeah, whack on a bit of menstrual blood. But yeah, interesting. Okay. Conversation stopper. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm gone now. I'm like I've got nothing else to say really after that. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously the the history just shows that there's kind of been a a real divide of women being shamed for this very biological natural thing to happen versus actually it's quite magical. Let's let's see how we can use it. So yeah, it's been quite divided. But obviously the the former has lasted throughout. Therefore, you know, establishing a taboo in our current society around around periods what um like so there i think there are only two there are the two um common sanitary products which are most talked about are tampons and sanitary towels mm-hmm. but i never got told about things like the menstrual cup oh yeah and um period pants yes period mm. pants yeah and also um i didn't realize there were pills as well that you could take at certain times, like if you needed to prevent a period, mm. like um, gym, gymnasts use them and people can get them from the doctor. Like if they're going on holiday or and like they're getting married mm. and they want to like skip a period. I didn't realize there were pills like that that you could get as well. Oh, I didn't realize that. So what's a, what's a menstrual cup then? Cause I'm still very uneducated on this. So a couple of my friends use menstrual cups and they sound brilliant and they're very uh environmentally friendly uh, right. because obviously you only need a, a, a couple of cups because uh, they're reusable so what it is is you literally um they look like little funnels i guess little funnels right um and you stick them up <laughs> what should we call it we did this didn't we we had a whole uh, would you want to call it a fufu or a bajingo uh we'll call it a fufu okay um so you stick it up your fufu and it then kind of uses a suction to stay up there and it collects your menstrual blood because you know yeah it 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 just collects menstrual blood because there's very little blood there's just a lot of liquid does that make sense so when you're on a on your period what looks like a lot of blood it's it's actually comparatively speaking it's a little blood but a lot of water moisture and bodily fluids so this cup actually fills up so all you have to then do is whenever you're ready or whenever you want to is just take the cup out empty it give it a wash around and then place it back up your foof okay i have a question of course it concerns air bubbles oh you mean like doing queefs and stuff well just like if you're stuffing something which is shaped like a cup up your foo-foo uh-huh 
Are you not going to trap air in there? Well, the idea is you do, because I think there's a bit of suction that's needed as well as muscle power and keeping it in. I mean, you don't have to clench to keep it in because obviously, you know, if you put tampons up there, the, the muscles close around it, apart from when <laughs> you go to the toilet sometimes. Um, but yeah, so once you stick it up there, it's fine. And a couple of my friends use them and swear by them and say, really? yeah, they say it's it's really good. They're not going back. It's really hygienic. I don't yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, all power to people that use them. Mm. And people that use um the reusable ones as well. Because, you know, I one of the things as well, since having a baby, like the things that you recognize that go into landfill and that like nappies go yeah. into landfill and how many there are. Mm. But also like sanitary products as well, because they're not they're no. not certainly not environmentally friendly because they're so mm. they've got so much plastic in them mm-hmm. um but you know for a lot of people they are mm. the best way of of yeah. using you know of using them but we've got a um shop um in shrewsbury that sells all um, environmentally friendly products mm. and it's all about recycling and doing your bit for the environment and there are the pads that you can you know use and then wash I don't know how I feel about those either. I mm. I don't know if I would feel unclean. But then again, the concept of them is no different to really using a pad and then changing a pad, is it? Yeah, I think for so there is um, a company brand called Totem, and they do um, environmentally friendly pads and tampons. Okay. Okay. They're brilliant. But <laughs> the thing that always comes down to it, and this is where Scotland have got it right is that some of the products are really expensive mm-hmm. in our country, really expensive. So the the kind of environmentally friendly menstrual products that you can get, I mean, they're, they're pricey. Those The totem ones are, are quite expensive and you only get about 12 in a pack. Um, and it's you just think for something that's so natural to not all, all people, but, you know, a lot of people who do have um, menstrual cycles, it's kind of with the amount of people that do, the population, the numbers, why are you making it so expensive for something that just happens that we can't help? It just, yeah, it just beggars belief. And it happens to people on all, you know, in poverty. Yeah. And I know there are things like the Red Box Project, um, which helps girls um, stop missing school because of the whole stigma attached to periods because they recognise that I think it was 137,000 girls in the UK miss school every year because of the lack of access to sanitary products. Wow. So we're not just taught. I mean, this whole thing is kind of fueled by people who are living, you know, aren't particularly well off or, you know, just particularly now with the flipping crisis that we've got on financially yeah and yet we have to pay for these products yeah. and they're quite expensive and so to try and be environmentally friendly on top of that we're kind of trying to to win a, a, an unwinnable battle here I know and it's it's one of the things you know when you go to the supermarket and they have a big basket um at the end and it's like stuff for the food bank yeah I always buy um sanitary products and put them in there because mm. I just think you know, yes, there are people out there struggling for food and the cost of living crisis is horrendous at mm. the moment. But actually, people who can't afford, you know, period products and, 
you know, mm. that's, that's hard. You know, it's something that we take for granted, but like you talk about, I, you know, when you go, you go into the service stations and you're having a wee and there's a sign on the door and it's action yeah. aid and it's about, you know, girls that have to, you know, they have their periods and they don't have any access to it and they can't do anything because they're bleeding. Mm. And, you know, and then as soon as they bleed, you know, in some places they're then married off and, you mm. know, things like this. And you just think, Christ, this this is such a natural thing. Surely it should be mm. available worldwide to anyone that needs it. And it wasn't up until mm. recently that we were getting charged VAT. It was deemed as a luxury item, wasn't it? Yeah, which is, that's not mm. cool, guys, not cool. Let me ask you a question then. Go and on. again, I'm not male bashing if cisgendered cisgendered men had periods would we still be paying a fortune and would it still be taboo this i mean you could ask the question of america and their abortion laws if congress was 90 whatever percent women would the same laws be passed as they have just been done? I suppose the answer is probably, probably not. But I mean, you just don't know, do you? But it's up and the, the thought of actually acknowledging that it's classed as a luxury mm. is just obscene because no no one wants this a luxury item is something that people desire this is yeah. not this is not one of those things no. um and people people suffer enough with their periods and their um cycles they shouldn't be made to suffer more so in a monetary fashion because they can't mm. afford it and they you know they have to take time off work or off school because they have no access to it mm. it's awful and let's be honest if you go into I don't know, Poundland maybe. Mm. And they have, you know, the really, really cheap stuff, like super cheap. We're talking like 50p a pack of sanitary towels. Are they any good? Mm, they're not great. I mean, it's better than nothing. But, you know, to actually have mm. access and affordability to decent products, it's important. And again, going back to that whole environmentally friendly thing. So if we're just going to, we're going to help people and help the planet we need to come to some kind of compromise yeah yeah we do and it it's this is why opening up the conversation is so important because mm. it's it's just not it's just not openly discussed mm. and i mean i sound like a newsreader because i've got all these bits of paper and um discussions about you know different different parts of periods and you know all these all this research that I've done and it's talking about how to normalize menstruation and reduce period stigma and the three things it says is to discuss periods openly without shame to put workplace and school policies in place mm -hmm. so that people um, are not separated or punished you know for having a period and they're allowed to do that in in peace in cleanliness you know and have access to the right products and affordable sanitary products because mm -hmm. it creates a healthier society doesn't it as well because yeah. if you don't have the appropriate sanitary wear it can make you ill like um 
toxic shock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that terrified me when I was younger. I never wore tampons because I was just like, nope, not me. And, <laughs> and again, that's the whole uneducation about mm. it. About Because yeah, yeah. it, it was a thing, wasn't it? It went around in the news that a girl hadn't changed her tampon for over 12 hours and she died of toxic shock, shock syndrome, which is obviously that poisoning of the blood. And so, yeah, there's... There was, I remember it going around like absolute wildfire of you've got to change your tampon every two to four hours. Like what? And it was just that uneducation and yeah, yeah that, that learning that needed to be done around the products. Yeah. It, and it, that's, that's the whole thing. I kind of feel like if you're going to educate about menstruation in schools, don't half-ass it. Don't no. just chuck a pack of tampons of other tampons are available um mm. at, at girls and say this is going to happen off your pop you know don't don't do that make mm. make it a proper educational and i you know i'm bashing the schools they might be doing that now i don't know but they certainly weren't doing that when i was in no. school and I, I i will take this opportunity to point out a very good book that i have and it's well worth it um it's called period power Ooh. And it's by Maisie Hill. And I got this, um, as you can see, all my little tabs mm. that I've put in there. I got this when um, I was trying to uh, get pregnant because I was trying to understand um, my menstrual cycle and all the hormones and things. And the reason that I picked this out is because it says, this is a revolutionary book which reveals everything you need to know about taking control of your menstrual cycle. You can ma maximize your natural superpowers each month while making adjustments for darker days and using tips to improve them. You can identify your personal patterns, powers, and pitfalls of each menstrual cycle uh, phase, plan your month to perform at your best in all aspects of your life and figure out if you have a hormonal imbalance, what to do about it. Now, to me, that stuff is what they should be teaching yeah. in schools. It's what every girl should know. Yeah, that's fascinating. And there's all sorts of stuff in there about the way your body changes, about f fertility, you know, about the four phases that you go through the um through the cycle um and it asks it asks all about those questions that you're probably too embarrassed to ask about mm -hmm. what is that wet patch in your knickers all about <laughs> there's a section called something fishy going on oh may it took, she went there it well she did Maisie hill not Maisie. Afraid to so. um cervical Legend. fluid is very healthy but vaginal discharge that does other things can indicate infection. So, you know, it's this books like this that look like normal books that aren't mm. covered in bright colors and horrible pictures of like things that blue you liquid, blue liquid, mm -hmm. things like this is what people should be reading to yeah, understand right. more. So, yeah, very good if you're looking for a book, Period Power by Maisie Hill. Love that. We'll put that in the link as well. Yeah, we will. I would like to impart one fact. Oh, I've got okay? lots of facts. Do we have so, time? No, okay? we've got, I mean, I don't even know how long we've been going. I don't so. know. Let's just keep going. Yeah, let's find um, Did you know that your period can affect, affect, affect how you sound and smell? I did not. According to vocalisation researchers, 
people's voices can change slightly during their menstrual menstrual cycle due to our reproductive hormones affecting the vocal cords. So this means that people can sound different while they're on their period and even less attractive, according to the participants in the testing. Um, <laughs> wait for it. The same rep female reproductive hormones also affect your natural scent, meaning that you smell different when you're on your period. And it's very subtle um, and actually consciously detectable. Um, and it's more of an animalistic thing, harking back to our caveman days, when men would be more attracted to women who were ovulating rather than menstruating, meaning that they could procreate. So we stink and don't sound very nice when we're on our periods. Well, no, um, I sound angry when I'm on mine. So. <laughs> I don't know about it. Can't I? Can't I? Can't say for the scent, but uh, I definitely sound angry. Um, I, I. Well, that's interesting. My facts don't sound as exciting now. Um, but I'm going to impart them on you anyway. So, what do you reckon? Oh, well. What do you reckon the average age is for starting your period? Um, thirteen. 13. Well, you're very close. It's uh, 12 and a half years old. But okay. due to improved diet and lifestyles, this is actually much earlier uh, than it would have been 150 years ago when the age was around about 17. So we're getting younger wow. and younger all the time. So it's been cre creeping forward. And um, a an, on average, a woman who menstruates until she's 50 year years old for an average of 37.5 years, she will menstruate around about 500 times in her lifetime. Yeah, it, it, it equates the average woman uh, will menstruate for an equivalent duration of six and a half years of her life. That's Jeez. six and a half years of nonstop is, su is such a big chunk of time. Why are we not educating better? Yeah. I do. But the other thing as well is that not being too, actually, no, we need to talk about this. Like if there are abnormalities in your period, it is a massive indicator that something could be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So why aren't we talking about periods and what they look like? Because they look different at each time of, you know, each stage of you going on your period from the beginning to the end, yeah. the blood and the I don't like the word, but the secretions, the discharges, everything, it looks completely different. So you need to understand what is normal and what isn't Yeah. to really understand what the health of, of your foof is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, I mean, obviously, you know, foof health, we have talked about it before yeah. with um, smears and things mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. um, they are so important, but you, you know, obviously you go for a smear every, what is it now, five years? five years yes yeah uh, yeah every yeah. five years but a period is something that happens every single month for most yeah. people so why would you not pay attention to yeah. that and that's you know some people just let it go by and it just happens and they move on with their life and mm. the next thing happens fine but you know pay attention to it because actually mm. it can it can indicate red flags it takes a while to get to know your body especially mm -hmm. if you're doing things like you've got the pill and you know hormonal imbalances and stuff like that but you know it's a it's a monthly indicator mm. for you to know if everything's all right it's so important it's oh, so yeah. important I didn't expect this to get quite so heated I have to say but it is kind of really interesting how 
and why we've got so passionate about this. Yeah, I I, I think the more I th- the more I think about it, I know I keep harping on about period poverty and period shame, but the World Bank estimates that at least 500 million women and girls globally lack access to the facilities that they need to manage their periods. 500 million women. You know, meanwhile, 1.25 billion women and girls have no access to safe private toilets. And 526 million don't have a toilet at all. It's It's crazy. Shocking, isn't it? I mean, it's 2022. And I know, you know, we are a world of, you know, first world countries, third world countries. And, you know, there's poverty and all sorts. But that's a lot. That's a lot. And again, because it's been stigmatized as a taboo or you know in some cultures and religions it's still seen as um you know come from origins of being shameful which has exacerbated that taboo and to be felt made to feel that vulnerable yeah when you're on your period and maybe you don't have access or you've got to just I don't know make a a, make something to to help collect the blood or just to try and help you during your cycle yeah. I mean, it's awful. You're 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 making these women not only even more vulnerable, but just in danger. No, the, well, exactly what you just said about making making something up as a product. Mm. So a recent su- uh, survey done by Plan International UK found more than a third of girls aged 14 to 21 in the UK have struggled to afford or access menstrual products during the pandemic up to one-fifth on the previous year. This is equivalent to over one million girls. Half of these girls said that they did not have enough money to buy period products at all at some point over the past year, and three-quarters, so 73% of those, had to use toilet paper as an alternative to period products like pads. So it's not like we're not talking Africa, <sighs> not talking, you know... Syria, we're talking people in the UK, girls and women mm. within our society. And I just, I didn't think this was going to get as heated, but I'm really, I'm Angry. really yeah. irritated by it because you just yeah. think this is, this is the most natural thing in the world. Mm. And you've got 1 million girls, forget other women that can't, you know, that's 1 million girls aged 14 to 21 that cannot afford products. It's just not, that's not right. It's not right. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not. And, you know, we talked about um, tampons earlier and about the miseducation of them taking virginity. So it was until as late as the 1950s that every packet of tampons had to carry the warning not suitable for unmarried women on it. (gasps) You are kidding me. It's not even like a a rumour that was in schools. That was actually on boxes of tampons until the 1950s. To this day, in predominantly Catholic countries, sales of pads are notably higher than tampons as well. Who knew? Who knew? I'm speechless. That's why it's silent. I'm just, I'm speechless. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I'm just reading these things as we're going along. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm amazed about um, how things like a doctor in the USA invented the first tampon for his wife, a nurse. And like, how do you, how do you invent something like that? It's amazing that someone did that, yeah. you know, and now look where we are. And there's so many, um, there's so many different products available now. Yeah. 
but there's still so much more to learn like yes I didn't know until I got pregnant that you don't have a period if you're breastfeeding no yeah I'm like that's actually good because you know you know I'm always harping on about you know during pregnancy you go through so much with your body and post-birth you go through a lot as well with all the hormones and the sweats and everything oh, yeah and I'm just like oh my god you get thrown so much your way but actually that one little okay thank god I don't have to deal with that <laughs> for as long as I'm breastfeeding that's amazing that just is cool. you wait just you wait till your first oh, period <laughs> we'll do an episode about that we'll do an episode but I've got another great fact as well so oh, go on your, your periods get worse when it's cold what why yeah how so um cold weather can impact your period making it heavier and longer than normal um so basically it's all about um hormone secretion um and light day that kind of what's the word you know when um not circadian rhythms but basically it's basically increased frequency of ovulation and shorter cycles um in the summer compared to the winter and it's because of how the hormones are released during the lighter lighter seasons so what about eskimos funny enough the pattern also extends to people who live in colder climates rather than warmer climates um so during the winter months a woman's flow period duration and even pain level are longer than in summer so if you live in a really hot hot country happy days oh yeah and we've really we're like the uk has got both isn't it so we're really mixing it up aren't we god we're not painting a good picture here are we for people in no but you know what when we were when we were coming on to record this and i thought how do we how do we position this how do we talk about this because do we position it from an educational perspective where we are talking to maybe young people that are potentially going to be starting their period soon or have just started do we do it from our perspective which is you know of the age where actually we're understanding a lot more about our bodies now but in a few years we'll be sort of potentially heading into sort of menopause territory Mm. you know and it affects this is one thing that struck me is it affects so many women so many people sorry um that you just think you really can't cover it all off in one episode no you really have to specifically look at these things and the the only thing I could say that if you're my age now it's pick up a book like that read about it and understand your body and your periods and understand the cycles and how you can get Mm. it to work best to your advantage but I would probably say the same thing to young people as well who are Mm you know just starting out and they're like oh my god I got my period this is like a life sentence this is horrendous it actually doesn't have to be you know the more you understand about it knowledge is power Mm. and it's it can be very empowering but I think it's only empowering when you understand what your body's doing yeah and you understand how to deal with it so you can gain back some control and I never had that growing up no I think that's really powerful what you're saying thanks mate that's all right (laughs) No, it's true though. It's true. It, education and learning is key here. It really, really is. And I feel, I feel cheated that I didn't know as much as I did. Or the information was so readily available. I think when I was younger. And as you say, like I'm probably getting ready for the next stage. You know, which I'm sure we're going to do an episode on 
with the menopause. Um, so, you know, the journey may be coming to an end for some of us, but it's, you know, just to being able to impart that to my niece, my daughter, anyone who wants to listen yeah. um, is so powerful. And I think from my perspective as well, thank you, sound engineer. Um, and I think as well, I think for me, the realization that girls as young as 14 are living in shame, embarrassment, mm. and not having the um, tools, including the learning and knowledge and the actual kit to help them yeah. during their periods is we need to make people aware that that's happening. And yeah. we need to just highlight the charities like um, the Red Box Project um, and others who are doing phenomenal jobs at trying to um, spread the charity and make sure yeah. that these girls and these women are okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, the education about things like you're talking about for the next stage, like menopause, it's only now in the last couple of years that that has become a talking point mm -hmm. as well. Because again, that's always been very taboo and it's always been, oh, she's going through the change the change, you know, the, yeah, change the change you know and again it's almost like a filthy filthy mm -hmm. word like you can't you can't say it you can't talk about it oh you know she's she's having sweats and even women refer to themselves oh you know I'm having a hot sweat you know and apologizing for it and apologizing for it and I think and I, I was reading something the other day about the suicide rates for women who have experienced mental health issues during their um, menopause and you think if education was better and mm. these women were prepared for that, mm. that still have happened. And mm. I think that you're right, more needs to be done and we we need to, mm. I think we should do something. I don't know what it is, but I think no, we should. I was, do you know what? I was literally just thinking the same thing. And I think organisations in particular need to be aware of the impact of periods and menstrual cycles and the menopause. I think, I mean, some organizations are great and they're starting to give days off for people who are going through the menopause. There's kind of support in-house and there's external support and whatnot. Um, but periods, they're just, there needs to be more because it does really affect people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, I think what we'll do is we'll have a think after this episode and we may do a follow-up or do some posts or whatever to try and raise awareness for the particularly these charities that are helping um yeah. people in in lower income areas yeah um to absolutely. help them through yeah absolutely i think we should uh finish off yes. with a little snippet of some research that i found about how to feel better on your period oh i like that go on then yeah now for many people that menstruate a lot of you will feel that a lot of this stuff is like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Things which are very obvious, like using a heat pad on your lower back or abdomen, mm. uh, having a warm bath, placing a hot water bottle um, around your hips can help as well, which I didn't mm -hmm. realize. Massaging your abdomen and asking about pain relief. Now, that's all very well, but mm -hmm. what can you actually do to feel better? Now, drinking plenty of water... Because you know when you get that period bloating, that's horrible. Yeah, oh, I just, hate that. It's just really manky and you just feel yeah. everything's tight and comfortable mm. or your clothes feel like... You feel like a marshmallow. Oh, you do. You do. Like you're wearing pillows in your trousers. Yeah. Um, water is actually your friend. And the more you drink, the less bloated you will feel. 
that sounds really weird but um okay. it says there's no specific recommendation of how much water each unique person should drink but a common guideline is drink eight to ten eight ounce glasses of water throughout the day mm-hmm. and that can actually alleviate some of the bloating that you get during your period mm-hmm. although and if you're anything like me all you want to do is eat chocolate on your period and come yep. food yep oh. Like I'm a massive fan of like casseroles and stews when I'm on my period because I'm just like, oh, just give me something cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, but eating really healthy food will actually help reduce your bloating and actually fit, help your system feel more cleansed. So avoiding uh, processed foods and um, any salt, well, not any salt, but processed salt, mm-hmm. um, any processed foods that contain high amounts of salt will actually increase the bloating. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So mm-hmm. safe bets for healthy eating are proteins like fish and chicken and healthy fats like nuts and avocados. If you need, it does actually say need something sweet. Dark chocolate is a good source of magnesium, which helps regulate serotonin and helps um ele- elevate your mood. Oh, nice. Yeah. So dark chocolate instead of a kilo of dairy milk. Yeah. Um, avoiding caffeine. That makes me sad, that one, because that makes me a bit sad. The mother of a newborn, I require caffeine. Mm. But it does say it can irritate your stomach, which makes you achy, crampy, and bloated. So it's best to avoid it during your period. Mm -hmm. In addition to caffeine, it's a good idea to avoid sweet carbonated drinks because that also increases bloating. Mm -hmm. The good caffeine-free drink option is herbal tea, which we are a big fan of on the show. Yeah. And um, good teas to have during your period are uh, ginger, green tea, peppermint, chamomile, big fan, and raspberry leaf tea. Um, Get some exercise. Yeah, I know. It's the last thing you want to do. (laughs) But it actually says light exercise during your period, such as walking, will um, increases your blood flow, which helps alleviate period symptoms such as bloating. Okay. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't realise either. So yeah, although you're walking along and you're thinking, that feels horrible. That feels horrible. Yeah. Ooh, no. <laughs> it's gonna fall out. It's gonna fall out. <laughs> you said it, you went there. Um, but it can help. It can really help. Um getting plenty of sleep, another one which seems alien to me right now, but period fatigue is actually a thing. Um, and it can be further impacted by period pain because obviously if you're yeah. in pain a lot, that hurts. So maybe getting um, a nap if you can during the day, but if not, eight hours of sleep at night, especially while you're on your period. That would be nice. Um, and the final one that it said, which, you know, it's each to their mm. own, is considering the pill. Because yeah. contraceptive yeah. pills can help regulate mm. hormones and they yeah. can help um, with reduction of menstrual cramping, heavy periods, uh, the hormonal swings and mm. things like that. But always speak to your doctor and find out what's yeah. best for you. Because, you know, it's it's not for everyone. Mm. Um, but if you are having um, unruly, mm. uh, heavy periods, it can be, can be an option. I noticed there wasn't any toad ashes in the list. There wasn't, no, which I'm glad about. Right, okay. Just checking, just checking. You know, I'm willing to try anything. Well, you crack on. It's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm good. Fetch me a toad. (laughs) Yeah, 
no thank you um but what do you okay let's I know we said we'd finish that off but okay what do you what do you find helps you when you're on your period and you want to feel better hot water bottle for sure yeah uh really have you got one with like a comedy cover I don't it's just a furry one I totally had you down as having like some sort of character so would I yeah how have I missed this trick oh okay don't let anyone buy that for you I'm getting you one for Christmas oh I'm gonna get you one for Christmas as well oh okay that's exciting I'm gonna see if I can get a RuPaul one um (laughs) (laughs) terrifying (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, I'm gonna dream about that tonight but yeah um hot water bottle definitely definitely helps um I don't really know what else because I I do do exercise and um, I think maybe I should alleviate the heavy impact exercise I do because I don't feel great afterwards maybe a lighter exercise like you said would probably be better um but yeah what about you well what do you consciously do um I consciously enjoy um big baggy jumpers Oh yeah! Oh yeah, cozies. I love a a comfy, cozy Mm. jumper and things like um, you know, like pajama bottoms. I have got the biggest drawer of pajamas, and not like not. I've got some sets that match, but I've got you know the big sort of like almost like varsity jogger type bottoms. Oh yeah, yeah. All the checkered ones like that, and a really big hoodie. Mm. And I like to just squidge myself up on the sofa, like properly, you know, when people pull their feet up underneath them on the sofa. And uh, Neil bought me for my birthday last year, he bought me an Ugg blanket. Now, I didn't even realize Uggs made blankets, but they do. And it's so soft and it's huge. And I wrap myself up in that. And I like, um, like I've already said about the cozy, cozy food, hot water bottle and hot chocolate with whipped cream nice Mm. oh you just go all out don't you I do um and I realized it's been so long since I did all of that because I've not had a period period yeah you can send me your Ugg blanket then if that's all right (laughs) I'll do that I'll do that just to to support the cause um but yeah I mean I think probably after seeing how animated we've got over this I think we should say that anyone that wants to reach Mm. out um you know anyone starting their periods anyone wanting further information anyone anyone struggling actually with period poverty um who wants to have a a no shame chat with either one of us then Mm. please get in touch we are available on social media and we're also um on email on our website Mm. and I think it's so important to not feel like you're on your own with any of this because you know not everyone talks about it and that's not right Absolutely. And that's what this platform is for. So any comments at all, if you want to talk about what we've or comment or feedback on what you've heard about in this episode, uh, whether you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. We're all ears. We're all open. We're all learning together. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll close off this episode because I think this has been really interesting. I know I've learned a lot from this episode and that's why I love my quick bruise with you. Toads. Toads. Yeah. I thought you were going totes then as in totally and being all cool, but toads, no toads. It could work either way. Toads. Toads, toads yeah, cool. Toads. Yeah. I mean, they're not cool because I, I I am absolutely terrified about toads and frogs. I don't know where it's come oh. from, but it's very real. So, so I will lovely. not be using those as uh, mm. any form of uh, period, period sport. Um, 
Freddie looks oh. completely shell shocked now. I'm um, surprised. So, I, and it's been a lot of information for him to take in. He has been asleep yeah. for half the episode. So, it's, well done, Freddie. Like well done, our, our team of engineers behind the scenes. Oh yes, it's all important. This is not just us. We do need the support staff as well. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been another fantastic episode, Vicky, as always. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I, mean, I thought you were going to say it's good night from me. <laughs> do you know what? I did that in my glass. Yeah, it's yeah. good night from me and it's, it's good night from her. <laughs> I know you that down. It should be the way that you just end all episodes now. <laughs> yeah. um, but please, please do check out, as Vicky said um, at the start of the episode, we do have some amazing episodes coming up, some fantastic guests, uh, lots of different topics going to be covered. And also, we have a huge back catalogue available now. There's about 30, 30 or so episodes. And please help us get to the next 1,000 downloads, which will be 3,000 downloads, which let's aim for before <laughs> Christmas. Happy day. <laughs> so thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.